Monkey Music Show. Tell you about Jan Hammer. How are you? And how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. This is really awesome. I've been listening to your music since, well, whole life. Um, uh, you've, you've done a lot of things in your life. You've done some fantastic things all the way up from early on from Mahavishnu Orchestra, which is one of the things I love. And I loved your work with Jeff Beck. And, of course, you've done a ton of stuff with Miami Vice. You've, you've performed with a lot of people. You continually put out new music. And we're going to talk about your new music today. You have a new album out, which is a part two. Right, seasons part one came out in 2020, and part two came out recently this year. Um, one of the things that I, I see is you're so so prolific at songwriting. Do you ever get writer's block? <laughs> of course, <laughs> that, that, that that's bound to happen. It's insane. I mean, I, I like like the pace you kept for like for um, Miami Vice. That much material for one artist. Yeah, that was that was pretty, uh, pretty hard hard work. Uh, like every week, there was like uh, sort of doing like a mini mini movie. Yeah, that that was that was. I don't I don't know if I could even do it again. But I was definitely uh, on on it. Then I was able to do it. I mean, it was insane. It was like ninety episodes, and you did like I think that's my right by ninety episodes. You did like twenty minutes worth of music in every episode. That's correct. That's that's about right. Yeah. Army of musicians. That is insane. Of well, course. But the, the way to do that is not to look back. You know, I right. mean, no, do not second guess. Just go with your instinct, record it, send it off, and move on to next week. <laughs> I was uh, fortunately I was given the freedom to really do you know the work that way. I wasn't. Nobody interfered and told me you know you want to change this or change that. I was able to. Just roll with roll with it. And it's interesting that you've done in different styles that I didn't realize at the time. You know, that you had done Havishnu Orchestra, you know, and the other work. I didn't put two and two together at first because I'm writing pop and then you also do it with jazz. You do so many different styles. Looking back, I can see how they all kind of tie in. But back then, I didn't see the, you know, the tie into that. Did you make a, a, a like a, a real focus change to try making it much more pop oriented in the in the 80s? I I don't know. It was it was very very natural progression, and I was always attracted to some sort of a pop, you know, be it electro pop or uh, electro metal and whatever you want to call it. But and obviously, you know, the ultimate pop music like you know like Beatles. Yeah. So I was. Uh, Attracted to songwriting and and fell in love with all that music too. Who was your first actual influence? In what style of music? <laughs> Any style, actually, just off the top of your head. I, I, I don't know if you asked that question, but I'm kind of curious of you because I would say when I was little, uh, I, I it would probably be Errol Garner, the jazz pianist. I was about eight years old, and I, I was very much i guess impressed by that but then oh, over and over there was different jazz pianists you know who i heard and like oscar peterson and bill evans i don't know if people will know many many people of so, well i know i know some of them i know all their songs but i i do a lot of deep dives and yeah no this is the artists, like yeah. i look at their references i go back even further i like to do that you know and then basically, when I was once I was in high school, uh, you know, the Beatles came out, 
and it was all over for me. It was, it was. I mean, I was still playing jazz because I was, I was good at it, and I was, you know, being, I was actually doing it professionally. But uh, Beatles, and then Jimi Hendrix came, and totally spun my head around. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, but, but so you're already professional in your teens, so that's quite a career path to start so young. I mean, obviously you're a natural talent. Um, was there any certain early on? Like, have you changed from the certain? I know they've gone through like different keyboards and Korg and stuff. But early on, did you find something you liked in particular? And then over the years, you changed and went back to it. Are you kind of have a personal favorite keyboard? As far as instruments? Yeah. Well, uh, that's really jumping into into present into the present. Okay. Uh, I mean, originally, as far as electronic and uh, solo instrument. I would have to say that the most important step for me was discovering the mini Moog, you know, the the Moog, there's a small Moog synthesizer called mini Moog that uh, I was I used to play with Mahavishnu Orchestra and on my solo albums and with, and with Jeff, and that really became my voice because I, it was it was much more I had much more freedom with melodic uh, ideas than on a piano. Because on a piano you cannot do vibrato or bend slides and bend notes, you know, like like a guitar. So that's why Minimog Minimog really became my main voice. And since then, I would I would have to say probably a Korg, you know, yeah. all the different Korgs that came through the years. That, that those were my lead instruments. And up until today, is there a favorite? Is it so you know like a favorite Korg? Is there like a favorite machine? You have a favorite keyboard that I use. Yeah, they well, your my you know the probably the uh, it's the what is it called? Try is it Triton? Okay. Triton. I, I, there were so many of them. And I you know it's in the studio and I I don't look at the yeah. names and I I forget. <laughs> I'm a guitar player. My buddy plays has a, a teller full of, of um, keyboards, so. That's why I was just interested in, in the, you know, over the years of your style has changed if you go back to older instruments because you like, you know. And nowadays, new instruments can replicate older instruments now. <laughs> so it's changed a lot in the industry. You know? the, the, way, the way it works from in my studio now, after all these years, what you hear is not necessarily the instrument that I'm playing. I'm using the instrument as a keyboard, and then it's connected to the computer, and there is, there is you know, hundreds of different uh Virtual instruments that that could you know that could be samples, uh, just uh, basically the, it's in the box as opposed to playing the playing the keyboard itself. I'm using the keyboard as a controller. That's that's really the word. Okay, I see that. I see that. We're getting into the weeds. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm aware that um, back and you've worked with a lot of you know from a Jagger and Santana. But you've also done a lot of your own solo stuff. Do you kind of like to flip flop between the two through your career? Is it do you feel like it's nice to be in a group, but it's also kind of nice to be your own creative source without having to, you know? That's pretty much pretty much how it you 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 know hit it on the on the on the nose. It's it's very nice to have the variety, you know, to be able yeah. to lock lock yourself up in a studio, which is probably my favorite uh, way of working anyway. But then. You know, I, I'm going out on stage and being in the, on Holly, on the stage at Hollywood Bowl with Jeff Beck, you know, and that's 
that's something altogether different than just head spinning. Yeah, the work your work you you've done with Jeff Beck is just phenomenal. I love the last performance. Yeah, it's like the Hollywood Ball. I think it was like the last performance I just saw of you guys. It's not that old either. Set up on YouTube not that long ago. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, I love Jeff Beck too as a guitar player. So. I'm but sure. No, Jeff is one of a kind. It's unbelievable. He is, and the late '70s work he did with him, I always, I always loved. Um, so stumbling across that now and seeing, seeing a more current performance of it was fantastic for me. What are your goals now? Is it a certain amount of solo albums? You're kind of, you got, you, you're just, you have a bunch of songs that you have. You must have a storage of a ton of them that you haven't put out yet. Like, there is lots, lots of ideas around. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but as far as live performances, that's not really in, in you know. That's not in the cards. I'm not gonna be doing any. Uh, meaning, you know, my own solo live performances. If if Jeff calls me and says, "We are, you know, come on, let's let's jo- come come on and play with me here or here or there," I'll definitely show up and play with him. <laughs> it's about the only live uh, performance that I would do. Really? Wow. And uh, the rest of it is basically just me by myself in a studio. I get that. Let's talk about some of your solo stuff, though, because it's beautiful, it's pretty, but it can be also be upbeat. Is your, are you working on a different mindset per album, or do you just kind of – are you are you following a theme? We can start with, like, even talking to the seasons, the two seasons albums I've been listening to a lot, for, you know, preparing to talk to you. Um, the, it, the seasons – again, the music comes music comes first, and the, then the title comes second. Okay. It wasn't like I – uh, decided I'm going to now compose, uh, you know, an SS concept album and call it Seasons. It, it basically it, good good pieces of music come together, and then you realize that that is pretty much what it you know what it reminds you of. Plus, what's really been on my mind is. Uh, the, the ter- you know the catastrophic climate change, and yeah. how you know the seasons don't mean what they used to mean, and how big a trouble we are in, and what we have to do to try and stop it. Probably the overriding theme that constantly you know stays in my head, and uh, so I'm you know I'm I'm people are scared I'm scared because we are we let it go for too long. Yeah, I'm, because yeah. I'm I'm basically f- looking for the hope. Yes, we all need the hope. Yeah, and I'm gonna you know lift lift people up, and give them a peek into what what's possible. Like the the good example on the, on the new album, the last cut is called Sweet Horizon, and that is probably my favorite cut on the on the whole record, and that's that's what I'm talking about. To see, you know, that there is, there is a way out. Is, because you're songwriting, you're so prolific, more than most artists I've ever known. That's why I wonder your writing style and, your, and how you, and your concepts go, as opposed to other people. You know, because some people would be like, I have an idea, I'll write a song or this. But when I look at your, you know, your work ethic and the amount of stuff you've done, it feels inhuman. Like, like it's not like a robot. So that's why I just ask. I think your brain is going to always be working on music. You know. No, I do. I do take some. I do take time off. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's, it's just when it comes naturally. That's 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 how I like it. You know, you just you have to be 
basically ready for when the inspiration strikes and be able to put it together into a coherent piece of music. And uh, I, I don't really feel myself forced, you know, to do certain amount of work or writing every day or all that. I'm not like that. No, just you just do it because you enjoy it. It doesn't feel like a day at work type of thing where you just love what you do. Yeah, basically, if if if, if the if the mood or inspiration hits me, I'll do something. And if it doesn't, I don't, you know, I don't cry over spilled milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. One of the other things I saw you've done in your life is I know you did original music for for TV Nova, and that must have been like a, such a, a, a personal highlight in your life. Oh right, that's interesting that you know about that. Yeah, that's that was that's that was the first uh, post post communist Czech uh, Czech, uh, Czech Czechoslovakian network. Yep. And uh, they they hired me to do all the, their their whole suite of suite of music for you know, all the different programs, all the themes, and, and it was fantastic. Well, visiting Prague a couple of years after, I've done a lot of the TV jingles and themes things, and you, I could walk, you know, in the evening I would walk on the street and I could hear my music coming out of the window. <laughs> it was so beautiful because, you know, I was born there in Prague, and it just felt so good that I... You know, I was Prague was soaking in my music. When I when I read that, learned about that, I was like, that's probably one of the most beautiful things you've done because of being born there and then having such a part of your culture. Now, like you're you're totally sewn into it now. And once again, you you, you said you wrote a bunch of songs. I mean, you did a lot of themes. I mean, you did most of the music for the entire network for a while. I mean, you were doing everything once again, like Miami Vice style amount of work. Right. It was it was a little bit different because uh, Miami Vice was more uh, of underscore, and this this was more like self-contained, ten second, twenty second, sometimes thirty second pieces. You know, com sort of compact, like you know, t TV news, okay, evening news, team, and sports and weather and all that. But those things are usually shorter than the underscore for Miami Vice. Are you always giving them the like the visual first, like the raw footage? You mean the the way of working on Miami Vice was that I would get a rough cut of the footage of the ep next week's episode. Okay. And I did not know the story. I, I I so I saw it for the first time, and I got caught up in the drama and the suspense, and my response to it was writing music. So okay. I was it was you know it was poking my brain and saying, you know, how about this? How about that? So that's how it worked. It, it, the pictures came first and I responded to the tension on the screen. Different different parts of your career where you've gone on. Is there a favorite part of your career that you've done? I mean, between the TVs and movies and then, you know, in the 70s, the orchestra and, and just you've done so many different things and you're still doing, you know, a lot more solo albums. Um, do you feel like there's a certain spot where you're just like, this is the best? Oh, you or, mean from all of the things? Yeah, from all of them. Or you kind of like each each kind of period of your life are, are kind of like kids. You can't like kind of pick a one. Or you're like, you know what, you know what? This one's kind of the best. <laughs> well, as far as best be, best music, I, I, I really cannot pick one. But as far as the best uh, moment, like a most rewarding, yeah, was having the num number one hit on the Billboard Top, top 100 
with uh, the Miami Vice team. Yep. That and also getting getting Grammy, two Grammys for it. That was that pretty. Awesome. Was pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, that was that. one of those big moments. The pace of what you're doing. Are we still kind of working towards putting out more music? Or, you know, like with seasons, or you're just going to kind of take it as it goes at this point and relax. Well, the reason I when I did the seasons part one, I it was I called it I called the record seasons, and then I said. How about part one? You know, to give me a kick in the kick in the ass to like remember that I have to do some more, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> you know, it, because of your love of the studio and being locked in it so much, I can't even say like so did COVID change your work ethic? You feel like you got more work done because that's kind of like you were you were preparing your whole life in the studio for COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It didn't. Cha- it really didn't change my. Uh, approach to work at all, all that much because yeah I was like that before too. Yeah, so. I think it's too much. <laughs> Whereas the rest of the world's on tour and they had no time for stuff, and you're like, nope, I've been doing this. this is how yeah, this goes. is what, what is you know what what is the cha- what is the change? There's no change. <laughs> everything you want to put out, you think everything's been represented the way you want it. And I can use like an example, like unfortunately Frank Zappa passed early, but there's a lot of work of his that will still continue to go on and will be put out. You know. Do you think you've kind of got a lot of your work out that so you know, when people look back, they know kind of who you are? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I do think so. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got you've done a complete career. I mean, you've got uh, you could probably have another twenty, thirty years. Like you know, <laughs> you know, people are living long and making music late. You know, the Stones have already changed the rules for everybody as far as musicians performing at a higher caliber on stage, right? Yeah. So the bar's been raised challenge accepted and uh, what's funny is like people people don't even realize that uh in my early jazz career you know i i played piano as an i accompanied the great uh, jazz singer sarah vaughn yeah and uh, did you do stanley clark too right you did some work with stanley clark i'm sorry did you do work with stanley clark too i thought oh yeah no i played on his first solo album yeah, yeah. That was, that was a beautiful album. It was with, with Tony Williams on drums and Billy Connors on guitar. Man, that's insane. That was and, insane. That was really a great, great, great record. I mean, you've lived um, the musical career of like three or four different musicians, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just packed up after doing some high vision or orchestra. That was huge. It still weighs huge in a lot of people's lives, you know what I mean? On my show, a lot of people quote that as one of their favorite bands growing up that influenced them. Hands down, just last week, somebody was talking about that band. Yeah, that was pretty cosmic. You can think it was like in the 70s, right? And people are still talking about how influential it was. And then, like I said, you know, Sarah Vaughn, you know, and then different different age groups, you know, the Miami Vice changed my life for keyboards. and got, got a lot of people into keyboards that wouldn't be into keyboards, you know? Yeah, no, but what's funny, I went directly from working with Sarah Vaughn to Mahavishnu Orchestra. That was from one week to the next. Wow. <laughs> yep. That must have been crazy. Like a total change. Like, like your mindset must have been totally different from one to the other. Because, well, I was I was already you know very much into the electro uh, improvisational thing that was going on around New York City. You know, we 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 had, we had all these jams where we would get together in pe- people. We had we had a loft and people would come over, and so. 
that 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 kind of music was bubbling under, while I was still my day job was you know tour, touring with Sarah Vaughan. You actually also worked with Neil Neil Jones and did some recording with him also. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, loved that. And, and Neil's done a lot of different interesting projects too. The years we were like, you don't realize that when you first hear his name, you learn your, your younger, you know, journey. But then as you get older, he's done a lot of fantastic projects, a lot of really interesting good stuff because he's a really interesting guitar player. Oh, he's. It's hard to say. I tend to think that he's actually underrated in a sense because people know him as this like soaring, you know, lead guitarist yeah. with Ernie. But he is amazing rhythm guitar player as far as I, I just couldn't believe how good it felt to have him support play rhythm for me, you know, on, on when we did the record. That is crazy. I mean, and I, I, I agree with you. But I also think like Journey had a couple different versions, you know what I mean? People don't, don't remember the first version of Journey and the technical side of it as much as I remember the big ballads and the, and the couple the fast riffs of, you know. Right. Awesome, faithfully, or whatever, you know. Those are some awesome riffs that are iconic. But with you, yeah, he's done a lot of other fantastic stuff that yeah. people aren't aware of, you know. Uh, Mick Jagger, did you, which album, did you write on his first one? Yeah, I played on his, on his first first solo album, yes. Oh, that is, that, she's a boss. Is like, no, right, that, that's the one, yeah. Oh, that's you. Okay, you know, I don't, I don't remember that because I didn't have, you know, cassette anymore. And nowadays, if you go on iTunes, you're not going to see all the players on it. So I never even realized that. See? <laughs> you're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's the album with Jeff Beck, too. And that is, like, one of my favorite. That is, actually is my favorite Mick Jagger album of, like, solo stuff. Yeah, no, he's, he's special. But, but that album was, was above and beyond, you know. Yeah, it was the, great. The and, and everything else, that was good. That you guys, and, and the way that your sound, your attitude was fantastic. Um, I want to thank you for for taking some time today, and let me pick your brain a little bit. I don't want to um dig too too deep into all your. I know you've gone on and on about different things your whole life, and I've seen a lot of interviews. But I like to touch that. I'm glad we could thank you for sharing a little bit about the TV Nova stuff. I always thought that was I had been so important. So I was so impressed by that of, of some of the projects you've done. Besides, of course, you know a lot of my favorite work you've done. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> Do you have any future work coming up that you you have planned, or are you, at this point you're just going to keep working at your own pace? And uh, pretty much like that. And there's nothing uh, coming up like in any 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 immediate near future, because you know I, I have the, these two albums and I'm going to let them roll. Yeah. You know, and keep keep uh, being heard, and then I'll I'll see what you know what comes next. But I don't have any immediate plans. Is there going to be any media like? tie-ins would help promote the albums a little bit since you're not going to do any playing out? Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> I, meant like, I meant like videos, like music videos. and or like Not a, really. A thing, like a small little video home. Because people yeah. love to do kind of, kind of like virtual concerts and stuff. That's Again, I, I'm I'm like my, much prefer to just do the sound and the music do the talking. I hear you. And I respect yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. This is great. I want everybody to check out the new albums. And obviously, people have heard the other stuff. If they didn't know it was you, they know now. Even I just learned something tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank you very much for being on the show. It's been great. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Bye, then.